Welcome to Seers, Beers, Knowers, and Doers, a podcast about intuition. Do you know what that is? Intuition to me is that inner sense for knowing that something is true, and yet I have no proof. But there's so many definitions, and there's so many ways it can come. I'm looking to bring together and share with you some amazing guests who have some amazing life stories and also some insights into how intuition can come. And I'm looking to gather those crows in the trees. I hope you're one of them. I hope that this podcast inspires you to be more connected to your intuition. And I hope that by doing that, we make the world a better place. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. Before we get started today, I would love to share some tools with you to help with stress and feeling overwhelmed, especially for the energetically sensitive person. Feel free to go to my store on my website at www.healingvitality.ca. Thanks so much for coming on this journey with me. My guest today is a certified executive coach. She's a mom. She's a grandmom. She's health-minded. She's a connector. She is a talent maximizer and a strategic thinker. My guest today is Jana Hare. So I'm so excited today to have Jana Hare join me. So thank you, Jana. It's my pleasure, Heather. Thank you for inviting me. So I always start out these podcasts with, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am Jana Hare. I am the founder and CEO of a local organization called Spark Leadership. And we provide uh, executive coaching services to folks. And we also offer leadership development opportunities as well. I am the co-founder of an organization called Leaderista, Inc., uh, co-founded with the fabulous Joanne Brine. And I'm a mom. I have a 30-year-old daughter and a 25-year-old son, and I have two beautiful little grandsons as, as well that just light up my whole life. The reward, the beautiful little reward, having survived um, raising two of my own children. Yes, I, I have to figure out how to be a grandparent. I think it's the best job on the planet. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah, you have no idea. It's just soul-filling, beautiful pleasure is what it is. I don't even know how to describe it in a way that effectively captures exactly what it is. There's probably no words and that's why I'm so intrigued by it. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. So when did you start Spark Leadership? I started Spark Leadership May of 2016 and so that's what where this is year four. I'm coming up on my fourth year anniversary awesome. so I've almost made it to the five-year mark Woohoo! we can celebrate that do a little dance of joy yes exactly and you were doing executive coaching for many years before that is that true yeah that's true I did my training back in 2013 and, and did provide executive coaching and in, in previous roles that I had had and is this something that you only do in person or is it something that you do virtually as well yeah actually 99% of the coaching that I do is virtual. I only have a couple of, of um, clients that I work with face-to-face. And the beauty of my work is that it is virtual. There are no boundaries, no uh, physical boundaries attached to how I can work with somebody in a coaching way. Cool. It's not like teaching and you have to be present in person. And it's not like 
I don't have to show up in person. We show up either online using technology such as Zoom or we hop on the phone and we have a we have a conversation. Thank you for asking that. Right. Well, it's huge because this is this is the virtual world we're participating in this podcast. So you never know. I've got listeners right now in Australia and Europe and all over North America and spotty places in South America. So you never know. So who would be your ideal client from an executive coaching perspective? Are you working with CEOs? Are you working with the first tier of managers? Like who needs Jana? Executive coaching is really broad and there's lots of different coaches out there now doing that type of work. So it's really to identify who would be your your person so that they can find you. I, I love that question and, and it's something that that I do get asked a lot, you know, who, who is it you work with? Who are your ideal clients? And I typically work with the senior leaders, the EX123, if you think about it from a government perspective, CEOs or the C-suite folks. So, Jana, do I understand correctly that you are working with, like, the CFOs, the COOs, the CEOs? Are you dealing with directors of human resources? or are you, So you're not dealing with frontline managers is what I'm saying. Is that... Not typically. It doesn't mean that I, I can't deal with them. I certainly can. If there's that chemistry, the connection, we can be open, transparent with each other. In my world, chemistry is everything. And when I say chemistry, I'm talking about things like they feel comfortable enough to be vulnerable and show themselves wholeheartedly so that we can co-create together and have very productive conversations that help them get unstuck and move forward in their lives. So it's not that I wouldn't work with a frontline manager, but I typically work with the the CEOs, the C-suite folks, the VPs, directors, and above okay. is typically who I work with because that's what I have the most experience with in my past coaching them. Uh, but I also work with entrepreneurs and solopreneurs. And, and really, the litmus test for me when I'm talking with my clients is, are they coachable? Do we have chemistry? How do they receive feedback? Are, are they somebody who is going to get defensive if I share some insights that I might be hearing that they may, may not be hearing? Those are the things that I look for when I'm thinking about working with a client. I ask them to evaluate me let them know that I'm also evaluating them and do I think it's a good fit well and that's that's the case in my work too it's like people have to be ready to hear what I'm going to say and and be ready to change otherwise it's just going to be a one appointment visit and they'll still take away tools but the potential is limited I guess for what they can do so we're similar in that aspect so I'm sure that that has just been nicely married with the whole dare to lead Brené Brown vulnerability aspect of your business because that's all about being authentic and vulnerable as well, right? So who's your target for doing your dare to lead stuff? And so I don't think we've even talked yet about dare to lead. I am very, very fortunate to be a certified dare to lead facilitator. I'm also a certified daring way facilitator, which means I can work on the personal development side 
with people as well as the leadership development side and implementing this within organizations. I went and did some work with Brene and her senior faculty back in 2015 and became a certified facilitator. And it has just been a life-changing journey for me. Brene is brilliant, first of all. Those that are Brene fans like I am will say, oh, hell yeah, she sure is. She has done extremely pioneering work here in this world, talking about vulnerability and courage and linking that to how we show up in our lives, essentially. Whether we're leaders or not leaders, we all lead ourselves. Um, and, And so... So I work in two arenas with with this work. One, personal development. How do you want to show up, be seen, and live brave? And then the second is how do you want to show up, be seen, and lead bravely within uh, the leader? Within the leadership roles in companies and corporations. Right. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to go out on a ledge here and say that that whole Brené Brown thing was intuitively led. Is that true? Definitely. Yeah, I I actually took some vacation time to go and and study with Brene. I took some time off to do this because I knew in order for me to deliver this work, to work with my clients to do this work, I needed to do the work myself. And so I worked with Brene and like I said, her senior faculty, right? I had to live it in order to really understand what it meant. And unbeknownst to me at the time, right? I, I have this drive to achieve and I'm a, I'm a my husband uh, laughs at me because he thinks I'm a professional student and he's, every time he ro- rolls his eyes, every time I say, oh, I want to go and study with this person, he's like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. But unbeknownst to me, I really needed to do the work in order to create alignment in my life and, and figure out what, what's it going to look like for an authentic leader in my own business with my own family. Exactly. Well, and once you've had that kind of authenticity awakening of sorts, then there's no going back, right? Right. Yeah, you can't unlearn this stuff once you know it, for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing that's really cool about this, and, and and I talk about this when I teach my workshops or when I work with my clients one on one, is you can't unlearn this. Um, things. So once you know it, you can't go back. So do you want to talk about Leaderista? Sure. It's so much fun, Heather. I have to tell you, it's this soul fulfilling work working with Joanne and working with the groups of ladies that we've had the privilege of working with. And so our mission with, with Leaderista is simple. We want to help women free themselves from their own beliefs. So are you working with women who are dealing with that I'm not good enough scenario or the servaholic or who are you working with there? Or is it any number of things? Yeah, that's a really good question. It is really any number of things. And so the, the, the work that we do from a personal development perspective is around shame, right? And how shame keeps us small. Shame is attached to worthiness and what we discover in our work with people is that we all have our shame triggers. We all have those things that trigger shame in us. And typically when we're in situations where we've, where we've been triggered with shame, we're going to have three shame responses. It's going to be, we're going to move away, which means we're going to go hide. We're going to move against, which means we're going to come out with our dukes up and we're going to fight against whatever has happened to us. 
or we're going to move towards, we're going to lean in and people please. What we see most often is the two schools of I'm going to move away and go hide and stay really small, or I'm going to just lean in and people please my way right out of this because that's what I know what to do. And so the work that we do is really about helping women figure out how do you want to show up, be seen and live brave? And how do you create authenticity, get really clear on what your identities are, like who you are and and how you want to be viewed and, and what's going to feel good for you so that you can start becoming more shame resilient and not default to those three reactions. So what's the difference between Leaderista and your Brené Brown daring way? So Leaderista is is our business. And so we work with women in a a variety of ways. We have four pillars that we, you know, Joanne has her strengths. She's a transformational health coach. She's a certified yoga instructor. We combine our skills and we really work people through our four pillars, which is how do you treat your body? How do you treat your mind? How are you cultivating and nourishing your soul and spirit? And then how are you navigating your emotions? Because they're all interconnected. And once those are all in balance, we we believe people can achieve wholeheartedness or find wholeheartedness. And so the Brene Brown work is just one thing that we plug in to be able to offer to people within Leaderista. Joanne's yoga classes are another area for her health coaching is another area right thanks Mm -hmm. for explaining that so shifting gears how does intuition show up for you so it's a really good question I thought about this quite a bit as I was getting ready to come on and talk to you today and here's what came up for me so as a coach one of the bigger strengths that I have is listen I I listen probably 90% of the time, or at least that's what I try to do, and talk about 10% of the time, because our belief is is that our coaches have all the answers, and our job is to listen intently, help them, you know, hear what, what it is they're saying, point out things that they may not be hearing themselves say so that they can remove any barriers and then just have a clear trajectory into their future. So one thing that I do... which I believe is very intuitive is I just listen so intently to my clients and hear things that may not be visible, but then I bring them forward and make them visible to the client. And, or I, I using my words, I repeat back to them what I think I heard just to check in to make sure that I was hearing it correctly. That's a very intuitive process because I'm not using their words to say, well, this is what I just heard you say and repeat back to them exactly what they said. Instead, I'm, I'm really demonstrating that I'm hearing what they're saying and using very different words. And even to the point where I may be asking them, is this what you meant when Mm. you just said what you said? Right, exactly. And it's a gift to be heard and understood. So very interesting, because I don't think people think of listening as being an intuitive practice, but it really, really is. It really is. It is. Yeah. One question I ask clients quite frequently is, is how do you, is, how do you listen? How do you listen to your team members? How do you listen? And 
quite often we don't really think about how we listen. Most of us will listen to respond. Right. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. And the gift is listening to understand. Right. So how has intuition shown up in your own life? How does intuition show up in my life? So, you know, for the past four years, I've been growing my business. And part of my business was doing quite a bit of consulting work on top of the executive coaching and doing the leadership development programs that I deliver. And my work was extremely busy. And it's been a it has been a very, very busy um, four years for me, which is fabulous. And I'm just very grateful for that. Uh, but I found that I was um, getting to the point where I was burning out. I was tired. My schedule was jammed full and I was securing work, uh, but also delivering all of the work as well. Uh, because I had a very small team of, of people that I would also outsource some work to, but I'm a one-man show. And I found myself, last. this is last June, I found myself hitting a wall. I had this like massive rash all over my face that was just, I, I show pictures of that rash to people now, and they're like, what? Who is that person? Uh, oh. Because it was just very inflamed. And I decided, so I decided last June that, I was going to take some time off. I was going to give myself permission to take some time off over the summer. Just take take some time, space to breathe. And so I did. I gave myself permission to do that. But come September, I didn't. I still didn't feel like I could jump back in and just hit the gas and start going at the same pace that I had been going at. So I gave myself permission to just continue to work with my coaching clients and uh, do some leadership development workshops. So I, I, I kept doing that until December, and and then in December, I'm like, well, crap, I made a commitment to myself that I was going to hit the gas again in January and just really start going back out and getting more business in the consulting world. But then I paused for a minute, Heather, just, and this was just before Christmas. I had uh, taken a trip and gone away with a couple of girlfriends. And, uh, and when I was, when I was coming home, I'm like, Oh, I've got three weeks left before I'm going to be hitting the gas again. It just didn't feel good. Like it was, Mm -hmm. I found myself, you know, with a sore throat, a little bit of a sneezy coffee sort of feeling. And I'm like, Nope, I better just pause again for a minute and start listening to myself. And so, so I did, I started journaling actually, and, and just started uh, the free flow journaling, no directed anything, just started writing whatever came to mind. And what came up for me is you need to let go of some of this work that doesn't fill you up and make you feel good. You need to let go of this work that doesn't bring you immense pleasure. And once I saw that written down in my, in my journal, I'm like, dang, that is exactly what I need to do. And so I did it. Lovely. I let go of, of work that didn't fill me up and make me feel amazing. And what that has created for me, amazingly, since January, is a whole bunch of time space to take on new clients. Lovely. And so starting in January, I had people contacting me. Do you have capacity? I'm looking for a coach. Do you have time, space in your calendar? I'm like, yes, yes. So that's how intuition has shown up in my life just in the past year. Lovely. I'm glad you're doing stuff that fills you up, Jana. Yeah, it's pretty cool. 
I, I bet you all of the clients that I talk to, when I say hello, they can hear me smile when I say hello, I bet you. Yeah, absolutely. That does transfer through for sure. Well, and, you know, this is kind of the point of this whole podcast is to help more people pause and listen to their intuition and get in alignment with what brings them joy. So thank you so much for your very pertinent example. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't easy. I'm not like, I don't want anyone to think that it was easy. (laughs) It was filled with fear. And I had gremlins talking to me all the time. But what if, what if, (laughs) what if you let this work go? And the new clients don't come. Um, but that's not what happened for me, thankfully. Well, and honestly, Jana, it never does. The gremlin fear stuff, like, it doesn't. It doesn't come true. It's just a test in my world. And and people will say, I met a fireman in the grocery store yesterday. And, and literally, I went into that grocery store it's not a grocery store I usually go into, but I'm like, oh, it's just around the corner from where I am. I'll go to that grocery store. And I'm like, you know, going around and I had to pick up some supplies and I, I land in front of one of the supplies I was picking up. And there's this fireman in his dress, not his fireman, I'm going to fight a fire fireman outfit, but his, you know, working clothes clothing so I knew he was a fireman and I just said thank you and he smiled and went ha you know yes you're welcome because uh, he wasn't used to that and it caught him off guard and then I stopped for a moment I'm like can I tell you something and he's like yeah and then we went on to have this huge conversation about something that I just was intuitively led to share with this guy and and he was open to it and so as he was leaving, I'm like, see where intuition can lead you? Because he gave me my business, his business card and said, I need to, you to email me and write down what we just talked about because I don't remember this. And so I'm like, see where intuition leads you? And he said, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes it's painful, though. And I was like, well, sometimes, not usually if we wait long enough for the outcome. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just getting through that faith and trust phase with intuition (laughs) as long as you have faith and trust with it then the stress will go away but if you don't have faith and trust then you the gremlins get in right right exactly right oh i really love what you just said right it's about um self-trust yeah trust the process yeah trust the process you're being intuitively led somewhere for a reason and I didn't know why I was intuitively led into that grocery store. But I'm like, okay, we're going to go to this one. I'm not going to drive to the one close to my house. Mm-hmm. And there was this beautiful exchange that occurred that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have gone just then. You know, like, anyways, I, I those things just make me smile. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee you that fireman's still alive because he's trusted his intuition doing his job. But never mind that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, goosebumps. Right? Mm. Anyways, thank you so much for today, Jana. I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing with us what you do and how you do it. It's a very important message. So thank you. Thank you for having me, Heather. I appreciate you and the work that you're doing and the gifts that you're sharing. I can't do it without the guests, so thank you. Mm. (laughs) You're welcome. 
Thank you so much for giving us your time today. We truly appreciate our guests for sharing their stories and insights about how intuition has impacted their lives. And I'm so grateful for Peter Trainer for his time in giving me this original music. It's now your turn. It's your turn to listen and act on your own intuition and help make the world a better place. Until next time, keep seeing, being, knowing, and doing. If you like this podcast, please share it. If you want to find others like it, go to www.healingvitality.ca or wherever you would find your podcasts. We would love to have you join us on this journey. Come be a crow sitting in the tree. Be part of our community.